You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geek Here Show Ever, episode 67. Joining me, as always, is Kevin Alder. And you know what, Kevin, you deserve to get paid by a big sponsorship deal, you know, for doing this podcast. This is Father's Day that you're recording on, plus it's your wedding anniversary. It's absolutely incredible the dedication you have. Hey, what you know? What I won't do for our fives of listeners. I mean, it, <laughs> haven't we hit ten I, yet? I, I think we qualify for ten. You know, maybe we uh, should download our our own show. That that would increase it. You know. Oh, I'm supposed to do that now. He tells me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I've got to stop sharing the show with you. You know, outside of iTunes. You know, I wonder if you know. Uh, <laughs> I'd see a few podcasters every now and then, uh, you know, put in their own um, feedback against iTunes. And I just look at it and I think, no, no, that, that's awful. But then at the same time, I think, you know, yeah, I put in a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. Maybe I should give myself a bit of praise. Uh, I, I always felt weird doing that or or, or giving... Um uh, feedback on a show that I've appeared on. I think yes. you and I have had that discussion before since I've been on NAMP. As much as I love NAMP, I feel really strange about typing in feedback and then they go back and search through and go, wait a minute, this jackass has been on the show a bunch of times. What yeah, the hell is this? Definitely. It's something that I don't like to do. And, you know, a few shows that I've been on, I've been asked if I could leave feedback and I've just said to them straight, listen, I love this show as a listener. I appreciate being on. But I, I just don't really want to do that. I don't feel comfortable with that. And, um, yeah, I, I just don't... I don't think it's the right thing to do. I'd prefer to have zero comments than to have comments that are, are put there. Um, you know, and, and that's why I tend not to comment on shows. I, I will give shows five stars, uh, but I won't actually write a, a written comment. So, um, yes, I have given Geeky a show over five stars, but not enough people have to, uh, to make it actually show up yet. But anyway, um, okay, now, this week we're going to talk about a couple of interesting topics, hopefully. We're going to talk about Kevin running into someone famous. He hasn't told me who yet, so that's going to surprise me. We're going to talk about cyber friends and if they're real friends or not and what are advantages and disadvantages. And then we're going to talk about astrology. Is it real or pure hokum? And you know what? We'll probably go and discuss other things, but that's just at the start of the show to give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what we're going to talk about. Let's hit on the cyber friends, Kevin. So you're big on Twitter, so am I. Um... You know, that's how our key social network. Point of order, I'm big everywhere, actually, remember? (laughs) We're not talking physical size again. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. (laughs) That's all right. So, anyway, you know, we we sort of build friendships, and suddenly our friendship has been built through, you know, many chats on on Twitter and then through interacting on the shows, and now we're doing geekiest show ever as, as co-hosts and we're doing videos so that we can see each other and it's getting realer and realer but we still have never you know had that hey come around to my place you know put a sausage and, and a steak on the barbecue and, and let's sit down and, and have a, a good you know sunday afternoon kind of thing so I, I got to thinking you know and i actually cl- started clearing out my my followers uh well not the people who I'm following on Twitter, I was finding that when I would go to sleep at night, I'd get 1,500 tweets the next morning, and I'd spend an hour going through the tweets trying to find the important ones. So I actually went through everyone I was following, and I cut down the list by half. And, wow. uh 
So if you got cut out, I'm sorry. It, it, it's nothing personal. Generally, I know the people who, you know, communicate with me on a regular basis and so forth. So I've kept everyone that I, I deem to be important. But ones that I've got rid of, you know, I was getting the same message 20 times. So I'd be following uh, Cult of Mac. I'd be following uh, Apple Insider, Mac Trust, um, you name it. You know, every possible feed there was for Mac news. And I'd end up getting the same thing 20 times in the feed. So now I've culled that back to Mac, Trust, and Apple Insider. And, uh, you know, I do need to say that I do write for Mac Trust, hence why I've kept them there. Um, but, you know, the publication is good anyway. It's good enough to, to follow. Um, but, yeah, I just want to get rid of some, you know, just some of the excess that I, I didn't feel people were in, interacting uh, with me very much. And uh, what was surprising is I, I tend to follow people when they follow me if they're interesting. So if they're Mac related or tech related. And I got to tell you, Kevin, a few people stopped following me. And I was uh -oh. still following them. And I'm going, gee, you know, that's. Uh, what did I say? What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's actually rather interesting when you go back through your feed and you think, hold on a sec, I'm sure they were following me at some stage. And look, you know. People change who they follow and likes and dislikes. That I, you know, you have to do that. Um, you you right. go with, you know, Twitter or anything, even Facebook and so forth. It's personal. It's what information are you going to get out of it? But I, I thought, you know, as geeks, it, it's really interesting to see whether or not we are real friends. If we cut the cord, are we still real friends? You know, it's um, it's it, interesting to ponder. It, it is an interesting question. There are people, yourself being one of them, that I have never met in person. And I will give a shout-out to Allison and Steve Sheridan, who are two of my dearest friends. And we, I have a much better chance of meeting them before I have a better chance of meeting you. I mean, there's half a world between you and I. Mm -hmm. There's only 3,000 miles between Allison and Steve <laughs> and me. But... It's interesting. I mean, I know there are certain people that if I don't hear from them, friend, uh, Twitter friends or online friends, that I periodically check in with them. You know, hey, you know, did I miss it? Um, did I, you know, is everything okay going? Is everything going on all right in your life? You know, well, you, just you, checking you've done in. that to me. You know, at different times and even in between shows, um, you haven't yeah. heard from me for three or four days. Maybe I haven't been on Twitter and posting anything, and you're like, oh, gee, I hope, hope nothing's gone awry here. And you certainly do do that. You, you you single out certain people. And it's interesting how people then communicate with certain people and, and sort of build a conversation and then build a friendship from that. Um, you know, I, I always, um, you know, within the family, it's, sort of, it's not really a running joke, I guess, but it's something that they constantly bring up is, you know, you've, all, you've got like five friends in your real life, which, you know, pretty much we do. We've got a small group of friends, but a dedicated group of friends. Um, but then online, you know, I've got, you know, 900 odd people following me, something like that. Now, I don't know all of them. Out of that, I probably know 50 of them. And out of that, I probably know 25 really well. Um, and out of that, I probably would say that 10 of them are, are you know, real close so friends that I, I talk to on almost a daily basis, if not a daily basis. And, um, you know, it's always that running comment of, you know, don't you want that real world interaction with someone else? Don't you want someone there to talk to and, and so forth? And it's like, 
Yeah, but the good thing about having cyber friends is when I'm tired of them, I can turn them off. <laughs> you know, that's it, true. It, it, it's rude when you've got friends across. My my um my uh, stepbrother uh stepbrother is that right? Gret- Gretel's brother. That'd be right. Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Brother. What am I saying? Stepbrother. I've, I've got a stepbrother as well. Um, yeah, my brother-in-law's actually really good at that. He just literally gets up from the table or from the lounge when we're across at his place and says, all right, it's time for you to go now. And, <laughs> you, know, you, know where you, you know where you stand. Unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not quite that rude where I'm, I'm sort of pushing people out the door. I try and do it gently, you know. Um but, you know, sometimes people stay on for a little bit long, whereas, you know, on social networks, online, in this, this cyber friendship world, we can have as much as we like or as little as we want. Mm-hmm. And That's exactly right. I, you know, I think that's a, a pretty good basis for friendship. Um, you know, it, how, how it, much is enough and how much is too much? And then can you separate from it as well? Well, you know... It's funny because I form a bond with certain people, and of course you and I have a one, Um, and and there are certain people that I've gotten to know, and and simply because of the conversation that I've had with them and maybe the tone or the subject matter of the conversation, I've shared, as, as I do with you, a lot more information than I share through my dynamic Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. And again, these are some people that I have never met. Now, many of these people... I've video chatted with, much like you and I are doing right now as we record the show. So, you know, maybe in today's world, that is enough of a connection for us as humans because you you got to remember our lives are so busy that really interacting with anybody outside of our nucleus of our family, even me interacting with my neighbors who are, you know, what, 100 feet away from me, 150 feet away from door to door, <sighs> It's tough. I mean, outside of my uh, my best bud that lives next door to me, I, I don't get to see a lot of my friends, and they all live relatively close. Hmm. So I think you know, as as the world evolves, the the word friendship or the nature of friendship has evolved along with the way the world has evolved. I mean, it's a constant evolution in process, and I think that's just what's happening with us. And I think it's great. I mean, I love to say the fact that I have friends. Uh, or P- and people I know, and I have them all the way from Paul Shadwell, who I've talked to a few times, who's in, oh God, Paul, don't shoot me. Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland, Zurich, I think. To the other end would be uh, Jane out in Perth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're on the edge of that, but I mean, you know, it's like I have friends that cover like over half the planet. Yeah, it's and it's just impressive. amazing. It, it, it's truly amazing. And I, some of my family, especially some of the older members of my family, look at me and go, but you haven't really met them. I said, yeah, but I made a connection with them, and it's a different type of connection. Hmm. And I'm going to get all mushy sounding, so I don't want to be careful here. <laughs> I, then we're going to have a man hug or something, virtual man hug, and that's just going to get ugly. <laughs> thank but, thank, but you know what thank I mean. God the listeners can't see the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that is disturbing, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's my middle name, disturbing. Um, but you know, I mean, it is, it's it's really odd how you just there's certain people. Just like in real life, though, when I meet certain people, um, there are certain people that I've met, and within you know twenty minutes to an hour, I can be very friendly with them. 
and I'm good with it. And other people I've met, it's taken months before I get to that stage with them. Mm. And these are people that I see every day, you know, before I feel comfortable around them. But other people you meet, you feel comfortable with. And granted, the the personal interaction, I mean, it'd be great if you and I were next door neighbors and we could just sit out in the front yard and, and share a, share a beer and, or mm-hmm. share, some, share a cookout and do it. But there's the whole time space continuum and the <laughs> damn transporters haven't been built yet. So yeah, someone needs to work on that. Hopefully someone is, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. And I, I think really there, there shouldn't be that much of a difference between saying I'm friends with someone only online or I'm friends with someone in real life. And, uh, you know, some of the people I've been friends with in real life drive me worse than, drive me nuts more than the friends I've got <laughs> online. Again, it comes down to you, you can switch them off. I remember um, before we moved to where we are now, about five years ago, and we're still really good friends with this guy, but he, he lived a, across uh, just from the back of our place. And he'd be across three and four times a day. He, you know, he was working from home, similar to me, and he was just bored so in his breaks he'd come across sit down have a coffee and it's like by the time you got to 6 7 p.m at night you were ready to say get out (laughs) you know i don't want to see you anymore please go home um you know so you can get that too with neighbors that you know can be a little bit too much um especially when you've got a family you know it's uh it can get hard but uh certainly there's some advantages and some disadvantages there well, you know, it's, it's odd, too, because you got to think about the way the work dynamic has changed. The the fact that I occasionally do it, you do it all the time, and a lot of people work from home a lot of times, mm-hmm. that is something that was unheard of when, when, well, probably as well as when you were a kid. When I was a kid, that was absolutely unheard of. The closest thing to that was somebody that was a, you know, a self-employed carpenter mm-hmm. that kept his truck at his house, you know, and then he left every day for that was about as close as you came or a farmer yeah. that worked from home. I mean, really that was it. And I mean, the neighborhood I grew up in, it was not uncommon. We, we you know, this, the God, this is going to make me sound old again. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, the neighbors, you just, you kind of just tapped on the door and went on in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we left the doors open. The neighbors just tapped, came on in. They'd holler. Hey, you know, I can remember neighbors walking in hollering for my mom and, my mom said, oh, I'll be down in a minute. I'm upstairs in the bedroom and, and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, it's it's quite a bit different. But like you say now, you can always hit the off button. I've got one right here that I have that says mark on it. I can just hit the off button. And, <laughs> and, and it's all done with, and I don't have to worry about any, anything else. But, you know, um, it, it, it is tricky, and it's hard to explain to the older generation how we think of it. And, I mean, I'm on the borderline of that generation, so... I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Small towns, people rarely traveling more than 25 miles from home or whatever that is in kilometers. Don't ask me to convert it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a changing thing. Again, it's all evolving. Yeah. So, And suddenly, you know. if, if you look at your interests, though, I think my interests have changed dramatically because the friends I have in, in my real life are not that interested in technology. They're not that I can't geek out with them. I, there's no way I could, you know, have a conversation with the kind of stuff that we talk about on this show or even the stuff that I, I talk about on Twitter. Uh, you know, they just look at me funny. You know, I've got, you know, a Transformer, you know, <laughs> sort of done uh, Lego, um, you know, sitting on my desk and people sort of look, 
oh yeah, isn't that cute? Why's Mark got that there? You know, and they, they sort of you still get that look of why are you a child? And it's like um, I'm not. This stuff's created by adults, and it's super cool. And I wish the Transformers gotcha. were real, and and that would be a fun life to live in. Uh, you know, um, but the the problem is that you're not going to share beliefs with everyone. And if you look at your own little community of friends, maybe in a a 25 to 50 mile radius. Um, you know, that's that's going to be very limited on the the opinion and, and interests. You know, people are going to have their own opinions in that vast vicinity. You may only have another 10 people who share your same interests. And so now that maybe you only know two of them if you're lucky. Uh, you right. know, ev- everyone's welcome to their own uh, individual tastes and opinions and so forth. But it just, you know, having friends on life, uh, online, call them cyber friends if you will, has just enabled me to really have conversations that I'm more interested in. Um, you know, even with Gretel, I can't have a, a conversation tech-based. She listens for five minutes, then the eyes close over, you know. Uh, same um, here. <laughs> and, you know, that's not a bad thing because she's she evens me out, you know what I mean? Because otherwise I think I'd just go into complete nerdness and, and end up being... As crazy as Sheldon, certainly not as smart. I could never be that smart, but uh, I'd be as crazy and as finicky. Uh, so she certainly evens me out and, and you know, gives me a, a different view of the world that I wouldn't have had if uh, she wasn't in my life. So I, I truly appreciate that. And I do appreciate friends that, you know, don't share the same interests. But I do love taking most of my time and talking about geeky tech stuff that... The, the mass population still thinks of us as uh, a cult following, you know, uh, us yeah. Trekkies and stuff like that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so but you know what? Cyber friends are here to stay. And, uh, you know, for two people that don't use Facebook, boy, we uh, we managed to get some good friends on, on Twitter and, uh, and so forth. Because Facebook oh. is really the, the friends platform when you think about it. Um, and That's true. It. And, and you know the 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 Twitter. I mean, you, I've I've railed against Facebook, and you rail against Facebook. We both think it's an abomination on the mm-hmm. on the planet, on the on the species. If if you want me to go that far, but yeah, I mean, we do we do tend to. Uh, uh, now I lost my train of thought. Holy crap! Well, we bash Facebook basically. Yeah, we bash, <laughs> yeah we bash it, and we man and we still manage to have a great interaction. Now, I know a lot of friends that can't believe how active I am on Twitter. You know, they put out a tweet a week and they feel like they've gone way out there. Wow. And they're going and, and I'm going, really? A tweet a week? You know, there are days when I'm at a tweet a minute. So I mean <laughs> if you I, I'm, I'm, su- I'm surprised you haven't been blocked by now, Kevin. <laughs> I, I know one of our uh, friends on Twitter, Julie Kill, she actually uh got a, a warning message when um the the whole replace the movie title with the phrase in your pants. Oh yeah, I remember or, that. Or one. add in your pants to a movie title, something like that. And Julie ended up sending hundreds of messages out. She just <laughs> just went absolutely crazy with it. It was very funny. Um, but then yeah, Twitter turned up and said, "Hey, hey, you can't send that many tweets in in one go." So that was rather interesting. Well, you know, uh, there's a couple times, and I think it was more the clients than the uh, than Twitter itself, or maybe it was the API limit they had at mm-hmm. that point. But there were a couple times, not too many years ago, with the Twitter client. I don't remember which one I was using at that point, 
it would say, oh, API limit exceeded or something like that. And I'm going, holy crap. And I think at that point it was like 100 or maybe yeah. 120 an hour. And I'm going, Ooh, maybe I do have a problem. <laughs> you know what's funny? When I was actually culling down the people that I follow and, and actually going through and, and tapping on them and, and saying, oh, okay, you know, yep, you're still doing this. You're still tweeting. You know, that that's another... Another thing, if I was following someone and they hadn't tweeted in, you know, a hundred days, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to bother following you again. Um, but, you know, when I went through and was requesting so much information, Tweetbot was coming up with messages saying, you know, you've got to wait 45 minutes, you've got to wait half an hour until you can go back in and, and keep going. So it actually took me three days to go through my entire list and, and cull it down a little bit. So, um yeah, it, it was uh, a little bit annoying, but at, at the same time, I suppose they d- just don't want any problems spam-wise and and uh, da- yeah. data mining-wise and so forth. So uh, that, that's probably why the restrictions are in place. Yeah, but then how does the spam get through? That's what amazes me, that even with those types of restrictions, it's still getting through. But, you know, the, you talk about how unfollowing people because they're trying to keep up with when you go to bed and you wake up. Of course, there's this whole famous thing, what has it been, several nights where I've gone to bed, and then all of a sudden I wake up and there's this whole conversation, you know, <laughs> and it's like late night with Kevin. I'm going, what the hell? I wasn't even awake. <laughs> Which, and I and I just, it makes my morning. I have to say that. I just thoroughly die laughing reading some of that stuff. But that's one thing I'll say for something like TweetDeck, if you ever use that, um, you can get columns, and I have... You know you're really somebody if I have you in a column. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who I have in column, <laughs> but if you make a column for me, you're there. You've made it to the inner circle. I like that. And you know what? I'm not going to put you on the spot, and I'm not going to ask if I'm in a column. <laughs> you're your own client, dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the climb that only gets open once a week. What's he been crapping on about this week? <laughs> I better know before we record with him. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, no, we, we, we have fun, but yeah, certainly. I, I just wanted, I, I suppose I wanted to bring Twitter a little bit more back to friendship and, and having conversations with those people that I really care about. And unless. So I, I want to use it as that, but I also want to use it as a news feed, but I had way too many feeds before from news outlets coming in, and it was just overkill. So, uh, you know, culling down, it's really good. I can now wake up in the morning and instead of 1,500 tweets, I've got 500. So, you know, there's a better chance that I can then get involved in a conversation with someone that I care about, um, and they can then hopefully respond and we can we can get some topics running. So... Uh, Yes, if I have unfollowed you and you feel sad about that, please let me know. And you know, I'll 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 be guilted into re-following you. (laughs) Well, you know, as soon as we get done, I'm gonna check to see if you're still following me because I I think you might have followed me somewhere. No, I actually threatened it to the the man who shall remain nameless. I threatened to unfollow him, and uh, you know, we actually had an interesting chat on this topic. over the last week and you know because we we constantly disagree with each other's opinion because i said you know i I sort of want to follow people that i agree with and and so forth and he said yeah but that's boring you you want disagreements and i said well i follow you (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, we, we, we disagree on almost every topic. And I ended up saying in the end that, you know, when, when you look at it, we, we tend to play devil's advocate with each other. So, you know, he'll say something outlandish and I'll go, hmm, hold on a sec. And just for the fun of it, you know, I'll go on the other side of the fence just to get him riled up. And I'm sure he does the same with me. Because, you know, the, the bottom line, the, the argument, we, we rarely agree to disagree on our disagreements. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much, we do end up finding that, that even ground. But it, it's always good and it's a great conversation and uh, lots of fun. It's good fodder. I've watched you two go at it sometimes. It's like you, you should see us when we go direct messages instead of going on the public feed. We we can literally sit there and send fifty messages between each other. Cause, oh, I know. Because because all my direct messages I have coming in to email as well because I book shows and I book times with people and I want to make sure that I've actually got a record of the private messages that I'm, I'm sending and therefore receiving so that I can look back and. Because what I what I found is Twitter actually deletes the the private direct messages after a while. So if I've contacted you about being on NAMP in a week's time, that information sometimes is just gone. And I don't It's not even a week at times either. Yeah. I've had it, it disappear quicker. Just, just periodically. And it's like oh and, and then I've got to think, ah, oh, whoops, now I've got to get back in touch with Kevin, find out what time he thinks we were actually scheduled for. Uh, so yeah, that, that's how I do it. But yeah, my my uh, inbox just fills up; it just keeps <laughs> flowing in. And we can have fifty messages quite easily, and we almost do that every day. If there's something that we want to whinge about, but it's not worth putting it on the public feed, then we'll do it privately, just so that we don't disturb everyone who's following us. Because we do have interesting views and opinions, and yeah, some of it people wouldn't agree with. Well, you got to remember, what's it, one of the first, we, you and I do that, of course, too. And re, I remember the first big one we got into was talking about buying model trains. We got into a long conversation. Uh, it probably stretched over maybe an hour, hour and a half of DMs back and mm-hmm. forth over trains. And that's when I told you about the local train shop and yes. you were checking prices and all that kind of stuff. So. It's it's amazing, but yeah, that does piss me off that Twitter gets rid of the DMs and stuff after a while. Yeah, you'd love just can't. to be able to save them, or or say to Twitter, you know, can you please save them for me for thirty days or something, just so that you can go back and reflect on the conversation you've had. Because usually, if you take something DM, it's pretty important to you. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's another one of these damn free services that's not giving me what I'm paying for. You know, shit, I pay for nothing, I want something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is good for that. So, uh, yeah, anyway, but you know what, Kevin, when I when I want to, I'm going to turn you off. So, uh, <laughs> you, you certainly are a very good cyber friend to me, but I, I will still... I will still switch you off. I'll never stop following. I'll just switch you off until, especially overnight. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad you followed that up because when you said you were going to turn me off, I was afraid I had turned you on at some point, and that was going to be a whole other conversation we had to have, not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that definitely would have been a private little conversation there. <laughs> oh dear. 
All right. Well, now that we've uh, spoken about friendships online and cyber friends, if you've got any feedback about that, any thoughts about it, um, you know, the man who shall remain nameless probably has an opinion. I'd say Mark Shepard, our other loyal listener, uh, would as well. He's very active on, on Twitter, and I think he's... He's friends with really a lot of people, and he really throws yeah. himself out there. He spends a lot of time to um, get to know us all and, and have good, interesting conversations. So, Mark, we thank you for taking all that time out of your day to put up with all of us. That's for sure. Can, can, can I give you a quick side note how Mark, one of the first big conversations I ever got into Mark, mm-hmm. with Mark about? We were, this is Mr. Shepard, him and Allison, Steve Sheridan, and I got into an argument over which way you put the toilet paper on the roll. Okay. Over the top and down. Yes. If you do it it under, uh -uh. no way. Gretel puts it under and oh boy, I just, no, can't be done under. Oh, that's yeah. I I go through the house. I turn all the toilet paper, paper towel rolls over and close all the closet doors and turn off the lights. I'm doing this constantly. It's my obsessive compulsive. (laughs) But that's how. That's I, I how do the we, same thing. I'll, I'll walk around the house behind Gretel and right. Got to turn this light off. Got to turn that electrical device off. Got to turn this off. She doesn't think about the the energy costs. I tell you, I pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but no market. We got into a conversation, and I finally said, "But this is an engineering question. It's a strength of materials question." And uh, Steve and Allison, or one or both of them, came back and said, "Yes, that's true because they're both engineers as well." <laughs> and he said, "Okay, I yield. I give up." <laughs> we, when we're engineering toilet paper, it's gotten a little too deep. Yeah, you, uh, you, can, you can't argue with the science or the mathematics, can you, Kevin? <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we, we love our friends online. Now, yep. let's talk about something else that's rather interesting, which is astrology and whether or not we think it's real or whether it's pure hokum. Now, astrology, for those who maybe don't know, and I think everyone would, but for some who may not know, it's basically... Um, you know, we're all born against a, a quote-unquote star sign or, you know, whatever, you know, star sign was there at the time. I'm a Libra. Kevin, do you know yours? Um, so, yeah, so, it's so a un- Scorpio. It's Scorpio. so unimportant Scorpio. that you couldn't remember. <laughs> I had to think about it for a while, Scorpio. But, but basically, it's almost a science without being a science where, you know, people sort of go and say, you know, certain people of certain signs will agree with each other and some will disagree. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have closer friendship and closer bonds and then some won't. Um, and then at certain times, based on the constellations, you've then got, you know, hey, you're going to meet this person that, you know, you're really, really going to like in your life. And, you know, back when I was younger and a teenager and so forth, you You'd read it, it'd be a bit of a joke about the back of the newspaper and you'd read it, you know, and, oh, you're going to meet the love of your life or something like that. i got to tell you, Kevin, I, I put myself out there and no one came running towards me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's it's strange. I, Of course, the whole time you're talking about that, I'm hearing that old song, This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> I can't think who sang the song now. That's pretty bad. I'll Neither get chastised. I'll get chastised. But, um, yeah, I I did the same thing. When I was younger, you know, I'd say, oh, you're going to meet the girl of your dreams, you know, she, uh, within the next week, the love of your life. And I'm going, okay, okay, this is great, this is great. So every girl I saw, are you it? Are you it? Like, <laughs> yep. what the hell's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 
it's just strange because you think, okay, where am I supposed to go? And if you read that and then you decide, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna test the waters here and I'm gonna stay at home and lock myself in the house. Well, then you're not gonna meet anyone, so it's not gonna come true. <laughs> but you, you know, I, I wonder if there is any any real. No, I don't want to say science because science is you know the proven or disproven of something. It's not science that. But whether there's something real about astrology in any way, shape, or form, I'm sort of wondering. You know, we we know so much about the human mind, so much, so little, I should say, about the human mind and the human body, and then our entire universe and world around us and everything that goes on. We still have really not a clue, to be quite honest. We think that we know right. a lot, but we're really in the dark about a lot of things. So you sort of look at, at things like even wizardry and, and the whole Harry Potter kind of thing. And you start to think, you know, okay, maybe there's something that we don't know or don't understand that we could be capable of, or, you know, it does exist somewhere, but we've, we've never experienced or been there. Uh, again, it could just be pure hokum, we, you know, and, and make for good science fiction and so forth. But yeah, you sort of look at it and, and that's the only reason why I give it any sort of credit is, because we just don't know. It's it's I suppose it's almost like religion is you know, we believe in oh, wow. in, yeah. in that deity, that God, but we don't really know if that's real or not. We're 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 going with what we've been taught, what has been passed down from generation to generation. And one of the things that always confuses me and I always say to people is I hope I'm preaching to the right God because when I when I pass on, if it's not the right God, then uh, God's not going to be very happy with me, and God knows where I end up being. You know, there's so many different religions and so many different different ways of looking at it. And you know, if you look at the origins of religion, it's all magical. It's it's all amazing mythical, mythical stuff that you know that the. They they try to dissect it, and I've seen a lot of documentaries with every religion being dissected. And it's very interesting to see they'll take this mythical story and then get right down to the core of it. And the core of it can be quite simple. But, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting when you can't physically see or, or touch something, you know, is it is it real or not? And I, I suppose that's what I'm, I'm thinking with astrology. Is it real? You know, people put in a whole life's worth of effort to being astrologers and to, you know, telling people fortunes and stuff like that. And, you know, in that industry, just like in most industries, there's a lot of negativity, a lot of bad people in there, you know, that that show out false information and stuff like that. But it it really does make you wonder and, and, and think about that stuff. Well, you know, when when it comes to astrology, and I'll, I'll work back to a little bit towards religion too, and I hope our listeners don't get offended. With astrology, the way I look at it now is I never want to read the horoscope for the upcoming day because I still think that because we don't understand our minds and the way our brains work completely, that somehow, no matter what that says, you will bury some part of that in your subconscious, and you will make something come true, even if there was no way it was going to impact you at all. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is now, like, if I wanted to know my horoscope, I'd go read my horoscope for, let's say, last week. 
and see how much of it applied. Now, the scary thing is, you know, you will see stuff like, holy shit, that was right. That's what happened. Or maybe it's the way you interpret it. So mm-hmm. discounting it or or um, saying it's all 100% accurate or saying it's 100% inaccurate, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very tough. And it, it, it's just like with – I take it with a grain of salt. But you also talk, we're talking about God and how you know if you're praying to the right God and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm an engineer, which means I deal in black and white, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's it. The gray matter, even especially the piece between my ears, very <laughs> difficult for me to work with. But and, – and, and even as a kid, before I knew I was going to go into engineering, I had that trouble balancing my religion mm. against what I'd been taught as a kid against my analytical thought process. And God bless her, my sixth grade science and math teacher, uh, Roberta Jackson. And Ms. Jackson, if you happen to be listening, God love you, woman. I still think you're one of the greatest teachers I ever had in my entire life. But she simply, we were talking about, uh, and she's a very, very religious woman. And we were talking about uh, evolution and, you know, know, X million years ago this happened and all that. And and somebody raised their hand. It wasn't me and said something about, but but they said God created the world in six days. And she said, she just turned around and looked at him square in the eye and said, do you know how long God's day is? Good that point. was it. It, Good point. it explained everything for me from right then. My religion and science all melded together. And that's kind of the way I take astrology. You know, when mm. I can meld them together, I'll give it some credence. I don't think it's 100% accurate. You know, religion has, you know, they've proven and disproven things about all religions and all that. But we do at certain times in our life have to accept things on faith. Because if any person lives without, without any faith, and I don't care whether, you know, they're, they're uh, Christian, non-Christian, you know, any religion, or, you know, when it comes down to astrology, it's talking about, I think as humans, we've got to have faith in something. There's got to be something we believe in. If it's astrology, that's what you hold on to and helps give you that zeal for life, that's fine. People that are atheists believe that they have to, you know, take every minute they have and live it to the fullest because when they hit the dirt nap, that's it. It's mm-hmm. all over and done with. You know, then you have the different faiths that talk about reincarnation. Well, they want to make each life better because they don't want to go from being a human to being some poor little ant to get squished or. <laughs> burnt with a magnifying glass not that i've ever done that but you know you know those types of things you don't want to we all have to have faith in something yeah and whether it's astrology or a god or multiple gods you know if we can all get along with it and accept each other as being different it'll work out in the end absolutely i completely agree and you know i I love the comment that your science teacher made of you know, do you know how long God's day is? And, you know, that's just absolutely superb. You know, I, I've never heard that before in my life. And that is an eye-opening, you know, statement that uh, you've been able to deliver it to me today because it's like, yeah, you know, you, you think about a day's a 24-hour period, but yet science teaches this has been, you know, millions, if not billions of years in, in you know, developments and so forth. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's rather interesting and uh, certainly throws a different light on it. So uh, thank you for that, Kevin. Oh, no problem. You know, like I said, you know, we, we talk about in 24 hours. How about the other planets in our solar system? 
their day is much longer, some cases much shorter. Mm-hmm. It all works out in the end. It's it's just you know, even keel. Kevin keeps an even keel. Nobody gets hurt. It all works out for the best. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think really that there has to be something, just to go back to the astrology point, I think there is just enough information for them for there to be something that, yes, you know, we don't really know, but if you believe in that, it's fantastic, as Kevin was saying. And is it pure hokum? I don't think so. I think it's a bit of fun for people who don't believe in it, and then maybe a little bit more for people who do. Yeah, it, it, hey, if it helps you get through the day and you stay sane, you're not shooting and killing and murdering your fellow human beings, hey, I'm good with it. Oh, live like and let that. live. If, live and let live. Absolutely. Now, let's go on to talking about who Kevin met this week. And, well, I'm not sure met or saw, but it's someone famous. Now, are, well, are we going to do a hint and I've got a guess, or are you just going to blurt it out? No, I'll give you a couple hints. Uh, my family and I took a mini vacation this week. Uh, work schedules and multiple other things were, comp- were compounding against us. Um, so we took a little mini vacation. And we took a vacation to a place that you and I have talked about that I have been before. And I saw some some person, entity, thing, or being, I don't know how you want to classify it, that's famous. And it relies on a unique interest that you and I have and share. Does that help? Not at all. (laughs) All right. Um Okay. I'll give I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you another clue. It has to do with um or it has to do with how can I say it? Lots of metal. Hmm. <laughs> Lots of metal. That doesn't iron. Think of it in terms of iron. Uh, iron like in as in Iron Man. Well. Parallel pieces of iron. Parallel pieces of iron. Connected by wooden cross ties. You know, I'm sure the listeners are yelling at their iPhone or or Mac (laughs) now going, it's this, it's this, it's this. I'm I'm completely blank, Kevin. You're just going to have to, you know, you're going to have to give me the biscuit. That I got to see for the very first time, and much to my family's amazement, they were third. We got to see Thomas the Tank Engine for real. Oh, nice! He, so we how had how did I pick that? How did I not pick that? Parallel pieces of iron connected by wooden ties. Oh, I don't know. Concre- I'm concrete. You're concrete in Australia. I think you're more modern than we are. But yeah, we <laughs> we were up in Pennsylvania in the Amish country. Um, we went up there for, like I said, a mini vacation. And coincidentally, it was the day out with Thomas. Oh, nice. Uh, but it's actually nine days, so that's kind of an odd title. Um, we didn't actually ride on it because it was a not a cheap ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't take the, the ride. But we were actually able to, I remembered a good spot to do a little rail fanning. And we got right up to the edge of the tracks, maybe... 10 20 about 20 feet off the edge of the track as thomas went by nice. and uh my son was just beside himself he was like ah, he was going nuts it was, i videoed it i'll have to share the video with you so you can see it yeah, um, it's great. really neat this is uh up in stroudsburg pennsylvania 
uh, where he was at. It's a little steam railway that, that runs all the year long. But a couple times a year, Thomas comes for a visit. That's fantastic. They, they have tons of people. The lady told us that they have like 40, 45,000 people that show up. Wow. And this is really a small place. They actually have to park people out on these Amish farms and stuff hmm. and then bus, and bus them back in. Wow, that's <laughs> impressive. Because the railway station's not that big. It's a mm-hmm. fairly small railway station. I mean, it's the same place that we go to see when we watch uh, Ride the Train with Santa Claus at Christmas. And that's crowded. Then it's all get out. But, I mean, it was unbelievable. It's uh, Stroudsburg Railway uh, in Pennsylvania. And it is, ju- I think it's StroudsburgRailroad.com. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. But the people that were there, I was going, oh, my Lord, this is such a tiny little spot. And my wife and I were both looking at each other going, thank God we didn't try to get tickets to see this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even my son, as much as he loves Thomas, he's like, yeah, that's like Because they were telling you to show up like at least an hour, an hour and a half before a 15-minute train ride. Wow. I mean, it was just it was just unbelievable the amount of people that were there. And I was like, oh, my Lord. Then, of course, we tried to go out to dinner last night while we were up there and you couldn't get near a restaurant. It's like holy crap! <laughs> but uh, that's incredible. It was, just, it was fun, and I got a good video of uh, Thomas. They make his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the rail, the 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 mechanic shop there at the Stroudsburg Railroad maintains and makes the trucks for Thomas the engine uh, here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know you have a. You have a full-size Thomas that runs down in uh, we, we your do. area. Um, we, you know, we've got a couple. And I, it's actually getting a little bit disappointing down here because I I read the other day where the very famous Zigzag Railway uh, in Katoomba, or actually it's more close to Lithgow, I, I guess, which is uh, down south from Sydney, uh, about an hour and a half out of Sydney, maybe, maybe two hours, depends on your driving. But uh, they're actually closing down, and there used to be a beautiful little scenic railway that would just go around all the all the hills and everything, and look over the the Blue Mountains Valley and everything. Just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, they used to run Thomas up there as well, and and they'd have him there a couple of times a year. But due to um, you know just not having enough people turn up, and and due to things like you know public uh insurances and and stuff like that they just couldn't afford to do it anymore it was uh, a not-for-profit organization that was running it and yeah they just there just wasn't the funds to to make it a reality anymore and that's something that we find in australia that's really bad is the the insurances for everything now um really destroys some of those things that you know it's just a shame, you know, that the businesses have to pay through the roof for insurance to make sure that if people slip over or something, then they, you know, if they get sued, well, they're not going to personally be as liable for the financial payout and stuff like that. And it, that almost brings me back to the lawyer topic that we had a few episodes ago. <laughs> but I won't go there. If the lawyers weren't involved and, and ambulance chasing lawyers didn't exist, then people who fell over banana peels because they were stupid and looking at their phone instead of looking where they were walking wouldn't be then suing. Um, and, you know, that that's just really a bit of disappointment because, I you know, I haven't been there for a while. I did want to take the kids, but we just... We kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And unfortunately, it's only like 
I think maybe even this weekend they closed it down. It was the last weekend. Might be next week then, though I'm not sure. But it was really disappointing. One of those classic little railways that, you know, Australia is known for on the railway scene. Uh, and they're closing mm-hmm. it down just, you know, because it's costing too much to, to run it around. Uh, and they just weren't getting enough people in. And on a similar note, um, the monorail that went through Sydney that they put in back in, I believe it was 1988, they're actually planning to tear that down as well and, and oh, rip wow. that out. And um, what was funny is back in 1988, that was the future of travel. It was like, oh, yeah, wow, you look at this, and, and it was, like, amazing. Now it just, yeah, okay, it's, the, you know, it's this ugly kind of old thing that now goes around. Um but it's also disappointing, too, because in Sydney, we've lost all of our tramways. So in Melbourne, which is another uh, city in Australia, they've still got all their tramway systems running through the city. And it's actually really, really nice to just hop on a tram and, and just sort of go around. Uh, I suppose that the closest it would be in the States would be to San Francisco, uh, from what I understand. Oh, like uh, BART there out to the Bay Area Reference. Yeah. Bay Area Rapid Transit System out there? Yeah, it'd be similar to that in Melbourne. Um, but Sydney used to have that as well up until, I want to say about 30 years ago, and then they, they pulled it all out. And then they re-brought in some of the light rail with the monorail. And the monorail would, you know, of course, go up above the road and, and walkways. And it would actually even go through a couple of buildings as well, just straight through the centre. It was very cool. Um and then it would go out onto the road and actually sort of meet the road as well. So it was, you know, this sort of tram monorail kind of thing. And, it, you know, there went, you know, there was three, maybe four different ways it could go and so forth. But it just kept going all day. And, you know, if you were going to the, the Sydney Entertainment Centre or anything in, in Darling Harbour, which is a, a great tourist spot, um, you know, you, you'd just get a day pass and you'd hop on that and you'd just keep going around and... And go and see different things, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're pulling that out. Not sure when. Um, I think maybe there's been a few people blocking it, and it hasn't been done yet. But yeah, the government just doesn't want it. They uh, want to get rid of it, and it's one of those iconic things about Sydney. It's uh, one of the cities with a monorail system. I know there's a a few others out there, but it's um, yeah, it's just one that that still has it, I guess. And certainly when you look at sci-fi movies. You often see on sci-fi movies when they they come in and they look at the city that they're they're trying to present. There's always a monorail. You know, yeah, so there it's, is. It's like even today, and that's still the future. So it's like, oh, they're they're taking us back to third world, Kevin. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, that makes me think of the episode. Uh, you ever watched The Simpsons? Yes, you I know. did. Until you know what, I stopped. I started slowing down after about season ten, and. I, I just, the humor that they were starting to put in, besides, uh, you know, many areas being repeated, it was just a, a very specific style of humor that I didn't always get. So I wasn't really sure how to take it. Sometimes I was offended, sometimes I wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, but I do watch it. Well, you know, that they had that episode where the monorail came to Springfield. Oh, yeah. yep, that's, monorail, that's, monorail, 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 monorail. That's right. Yeah. I was, and you know, there's there's nothing like a monorail anywhere around here. Uh, I can't think of any cities in the United States that had a monorail. I'm sure there are, and uh, one of our fives of listeners is gonna gonna be yelling at us for that. But um, 
you know, the closest thing around here is the uh, DC metro system. When I used to have to go into DC all the time, I rode the metro system all the time. I mean, you could hop on one side, and I, I, for people that understand the geography of DC, you could get to almost any place else in DC uh, easily riding the uh, green line, the blue line, the orange line. And now they're building the silver line, which is coming out even closer to where I work, which would let you literally go from Dulles Airport down right into downtown D.C. and pop up right in front of the Washington or the uh, nation's capital building, Mm. you know, just on the subway. Just it's above ground for a ways. And then when it gets into the city, it goes underground. Uh, It's underground most of the way. There's a a couple famous things like uh, I think it's at Metro Center is where there's the. It was, if it's not still, the biggest escalator in the world. Wow. The tallest escalator is there to bring you up from the lower levels of Metro Center all the way back up to the street level in D.C. It's an imposing-looking escalator. The couple times I've ridden it, it's like, okay, going up's not so bad. Coming down, it's a little intimidating (laughs) when you look way down that that thing, and you're just riding it down. It's like you almost start to feel like you're falling forward a little bit. Yeah, we, we've so. got a couple really big ones um, as well out here, and I, I don't know how they they scale even in comparison, but they'd be. Oh, I'd, I'd want to say that they're at least like a hundred meters because they'd look like they're a hundred meters, but I don't know if they are. So I'd probably be wrong in saying that. But they just seem to go on forever and ever and ever, and you're there, and you just, you know, it's it's like this massive journey. I, I remember in some oh, some sci-fi back in the day, or. or Either that or it was cartoons that I've seen where they'd have moving pathways so that, you know, like they do in airports where you don't have to walk, you can just get on the, the travelator and it will just take you to your destination. Reminds me very much of the Wally uh, world where everyone yeah. sits in the big chairs and just, you know, goes around from place to place and you don't have to to get up off your keister. I, I tend to like that idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that. I- I don't know if I want to go quite to that extent, but those those moving walkways are really cool. I remember hearing uh, Seinfeld. You ever watch episodes of Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld show? Uh, they yes. Used, they used to. That was uh, one of George Costanza's big ideas was to have the moving uh, the moving sidewalks in New York City. I've actually ridden on one of those things in a uh, in a couple of the aquariums I've been to visit, where you go through the underground part of the aquarium where it's a glass or plexiglass yeah. tube over top and you ride along through, and it's a little disconcerting because you'll be sitting there looking at something and all of a sudden it turns and it's like yeah. I it's didn't like, turn <laughs> but then I'm too lazy to turn my head the other way to, oh okay well I missed it the, <laughs> the thing didn't want me to see it so now I have to go on so, yeah, I mean, we've got that in the Sydney Aquarium as well where you can jump on it and just go around and it, it takes you around, I don't know, in like 15 minutes or something. Or you can hop off too, which is good. So you can hop yeah. off and actually uh, stick around and actually have a, a look at, at something. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun, lots of cool stuff. But unfortunately, you know, they keep people keep falling over stuff and suing for stuff and then they take it out and uh i just really the it, it is a, a big issue in australia i'm sure it's a big issue in, in america as well but if people can sue for something out here they will you know and it can be over the pointless stuff i mean i've slipped over in public places before and you know it's like well yeah i wasn't paying attention was i you know i'm this stupid one here i'm not about to go through 
you know, months of legal mumbo jumbo just to get some payout. You know, people expect um, something for nothing. You know, you know, there's gen- really genuine cases of people injuring themselves due to things not being, you know, laid out correctly or, or not being safe in certain areas. It, but it's the ones that you know just don't pay attention to their surroundings that then injure themselves and it could have been avoided that I go, no, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, like a good friend of mine, uh, Linda, that I work with says, stupid hurts. And Mm. if you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough. (laughs) 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 She's got, she even got to the point her daughters told that she was, her daughter uh, was out on the playground and some, one of her little friends did something stupid and, she turned around and said, yeah, my mom says, if you're going to be stupid, stupid hurts, and you got to be tough. <laughs> Almost reminds me of Forrest Gump saying, uh, what, what was it? This mama said it was something mama like... Mama said life is like a box of chocolates. chocolates. Yeah. You, you, you never know what you're going to get. But but wasn't the, the one comment in that movie, stupid is what stupid does? Yeah, stupid is yeah. as stupid does. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought that was a, a pretty good one. Actually, speaking of stuff that we're watching just before we close out the show for this week, what have you been watching recently? Anything uh, really good? Anything interesting? Any TV series that we should all be sort of catching up on? Because I've got to tell you, I have not been watching much. And, you know, even though it's Monday and I should actually, once we're finished this call, edit the show and then do some writing and get some things published, I think I'm going to sit down and either read for an hour or just sit down and watch something that I want to watch because I I tend to spend my nights watching something with Gretel and, you know, we're watching at the moment uh, Cold Feet, which is a brilliant UK TV series. We've seen it before. I've bought it for Gretel on DVD. And, you know, I I love watching it as well. It's it's very good. But at the same time, I miss my sci-fis. At the same time, I miss the shows I want to watch and I've got to sort of try and fit it in and there's only so many TV watching hours in the day. Um, Yeah. And, of course, here it's the summer rerun season, so it's everything as far as TV goes, you know, whether it's licking toilet seats or sniffing somebody's bum, <laughs> you know. I, I still, you know what, I just cannot go back to that show. I, I really can't. <laughs> I um, I give you credit for putting, putting up with it, but certainly if you see something really funny and you can find it on YouTube, let me know because I want to laugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the... The, the the closest thing I've been looking that I want to watch lately, and I think it was you that turned me on to it, is the new animated series uh, Tron. Yeah, it, was you, that, you, that, well, that was, the get. You know, that was me either retweeting it or replying to someone else on Twitter. Um, I want to say it was Sam Montooth um, said. Yeah, that, I think you're right. I think you're right. It was available free, and if it wasn't Sam, I apologise to who it was, but it was someone that we both know and follow, and um, said, "Oh, the the first episode is is free on on iTunes," and it's like, "Oh, okay, cool." You know, I haven't seen that yet. I'll I'll definitely uh, go in and check it out, and I, I you know, I'm going to lose great, uh, geek cred here because I actually haven't watched it, even though I downloaded it two or three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, me either. I haven't had a chance. Well, I took it with me and went on vacation anticipating that I'd watch it because uh, I loaded it on my iPad and stuff. I figured, well, you know, I'll get bored. And oddly enough, what I ended up watching while we were on vacation, because the, the, uh, it was neat, the hotel we stayed in had brand new uh, LG, I think they were like 42-inch TVs or maybe 40-inch TVs. 
Um, ended up watching uh, like Ice Road Truckers. I, I, love, I love that show. I have been watching that for years. And you know what? The bad thing is they're up to season six and Lisa Kelly is not in in season six. <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, look up to like season three before she came into the show. I put up with these burly guys, you know, okay, rough around the edges, whatever. And it was a good show. When she came into the show, it was a great show. And, uh, yeah, for some reason she's not in this year. I follow her Twitter account and everyone's been asking her why she's not in. She hasn't said specifically. Um, Either they haven't renewed a contract, they couldn't agree with something, or she just didn't want to. You know, whatever, each to their own. But it is a a little bit disappointing from a a fan's point of view that she's not on, on this episode. And she's done some, you know, fantastic episodes when she's done... The IRT shows where, um, you know, it's Ice Road Truckers, but it's not, and they go to India, and then they... Uh, go... Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of those, but not many of them. Yeah, they're really challenging. Um, and, look, you, you know, you've got to give credit to all those drivers. How you know, I give credit to just drivers who can drive a, a big 18-wheeler on, on bitumen and, and keep from <laughs> crushing cars because, you know, that's a big rig with a ton of power, and those things, you know do go they they do fly and certainly where we are uh we, we've got to come up the the open road to get back home from the city and you know you'll get a gust of wind coming across and even in our little car it, it really throws the car and you know sometimes you're driving behind a truck or next to a truck and you know that a, a gust of winds hit their trailer and you can see it and they're just doing whatever they can to, to hold on to it so you know, for them to, to drive on ice and then frozen lakes and, and stuff like that is absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Well, I, I have to tell you, truck driving and big driving is, is a little bit in my blood. There have been several members of my family that did it. So I'll have to ask you, what's the biggest vehicle you've ever driven? A four-wheel drive. Um, so when I say four-wheel drive, um, I know you guys have these... Really, really big, like a, a Ford, um, almost a truck, pickup. a pickup truck. Our pickup trucks are, are much, much smaller than yours are. Your, yours are really wide size. You know, it's, it barely fits in the lane. We, we see a couple of Ford, uh, I, I believe they're the F-180s out here. A uh, few people import them, and they are like driving a semi-trailer on Australian roads. It's like, Wow. So, but the biggest thing I've ever driven is a Toyota Land Cruiser Prado. Uh, okay, I know what those are. I think it's a Land Cruiser. I'm pretty I know, sure it's a Land Cruiser. If it's not, it's someone's going to correct me. But it, it's a four-wheel drive, so it's... it's um, I'm sure you guys have four-wheel drives over there in the U.S. as well, but they're, they're, oh. they're smaller than the pickup trucks. Well, it's like this. Sitting out in my driveway is the equivalent of what you're talking about in F-180. I drive mm-hmm. it... You know, on a weekly basis, it's a big four wheel drive. It's not a it's it's a very small four wheel drive truck in the United States. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, my neighbor my neighbor has one that's much bigger. His is an F three fifty or an F four fifty Super Duty crew cab, and the the floorboard of his truck hits me at about my chest level. And to give our listeners an wow. idea, he has a lift he has a lift kit on it, and I'm I'm just about five foot eleven give or take a little bit wow. and that's where that's where his hits me. i the, my old ass could never get up in that thing <laughs> but um uh, he gets up in there and it, it's a crew cab so it has four full doors plus the pickup truck bed 
Now that's that's what I have driven. The biggest thing when you were talking about trucks that I've ever driven is a uh, twenty six or twenty eight foot long box truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking. It has the uh, so we had so it would be an eight or ten wheel truck. So I have driven something that big when I've mm-hmm. been moving, helping friends move, or when I moved uh, my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've driven bigger trucks like that, and uh, I actually quite enjoy it. I, I keep teasing my wife. I say. And maybe when I retire to for the extra income, I'd only have to work. I could get my commercial driver's license, my CDL that you have to have, and I'll go up and be on IRT. And she's going, <laughs> "No, you're not doing that. And you're also and you're also not becoming a fisherman, you know, on Deadliest Catch. You're no, you're not doing that. Oh, uh, but they're the cool jobs. And look, I, I've got to be quite honest. One of my jobs that I, you know, I had two jobs growing up as a kid that I wanted to do, and neither of them have I achieved. I wanted to be a, a vet, and I wanted to be a truck driver. So um, I, I think that's why I really enjoy watching the the ice road truckers. Um, I just think it's a, a great, great interesting show um, that, you know, it, it's just enjoyable. It's, you know, reality TV, which I've never been a massive fan of, but I do like some reality TV, and that's certainly uh, one of them that I enjoy. Well, you know, one that you might, the other one that the whole family's gotten into a bit is um, a show called Hardcore Pawn. Oh, I watched that. Yep. I, I watched that one. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're in Detroit. In Ed, um, Detroit. Ab- absolutely incredible. Because I also watch uh, Porn Stars. I tell you, that, oh, yeah. when, when we mention hardcore porn and porn stars, people are going to be thinking that we're, <laughs> we're looking at the Nudy Rudy stuff. <laughs> no, P-A-W-N, people. That's, P-A-W-N, not that's, P-O-R-N. That, that's right. Get get the minds out of the gutter. Um, yes, I watch both of those, but certainly um, hardcore porn I, I do really like a lot. Um, it's just funny and extreme and okay maybe some of it or all of it you know all all the controversies made up but it's like anything you watch you you watch it for the entertainment value it's the same we still haven't had our conversation on professional wrestling versus amateur wrestling and i don't want to have it today we'll have it maybe next week because um you know i i am a fan of the or was a fan i haven't watched it for a number of years of the wwe previously the wwf um and you know, you know it's fake. You know it's it's prearranged what the outcome's going to be. But you just watch it for the enjoyment. It's it's like going and seeing a movie. You know, you you don't know what the ending is, but there has to be an ending, and someone sat down and written it. So, you know, it's that same kind of thing. It's pure entertainment. Is it enjoyable? If you like it, great. If not, then you don't watch it. Um, so we'll certainly have that conversation as well coming up. But uh, now the the porn shows are actually quite quite interesting I, I like to find out what something's worth too it's um you know not that yeah. i've ever got any of that stuff but it's like and especially uh porn stars they tend to really get some interesting pieces that are worth a lot especially a lot of old war memorabilia mm-hmm. um and movie star memorabilia um they really get some interesting products there that are just worth a bit you made me think of two things uh, uh, as a part of the trip, and I don't mean to keep beating on that. One thing is on the way back this morning as I was driving back, I drove past a small airfield um, outside of uh, York, Pennsylvania. And I was coming up on it, and I looked, and I thought I saw something, and it, I couldn't tell. I saw a bunch of planes landing. They were having some sort of fly-in at the at this little airport, 
and there were a bunch of World War II planes sitting there, or airplanes, you know, 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And the Coupe de Grave, what was sitting there, was a Mitchell B-25 bomber was sitting nice. there. They had flown one in, and it was awesome looking. That's and I know you incredible. love planes. Yeah, so. I, I, I just, I love anything to do with, with aircraft and planes and space shuttles and so forth. They're just, it still amazes me that, they can go up in the sky and not fall out of the sky. <laughs> you know, well, they do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I was watching something back in the 90s. Uh, Billy Connolly, a, a great uh, UK actor and comedian, um, and he did some show, and it was, it was very similar to James May's Toy Stories, but it was dealing with, you know, the mechanics of things and, hey, isn't this incredible how could man think up of this machine or something? And, you know, one comment that came out of that uh, series he did, which went for about, I want to say six episodes or so, was the, the fact that he's constantly amazed that the planes go up and they never fall down. And, um, you know, so I, I borrowed that phrase, of course, from him. Um, and it is true. It's absolutely amazing what you've got. I often sit and, and even just ponder stuff, like if we look at computers... You know, yes, I know how computers are made and what makes all the components go together. But just to think that, you know, there's, you know, this motherboard that then has all these different boards on there and then it all just links in. And it's just amazing technology that this is even possible to have a computer uh, that somebody and or a group of people really, you know, started the origins of this. And this is man creating something uh, you know it's it's a lot different to man making a shirt for instance um yeah. so that he wasn't cold um you know but to make computers and computerized devices and computer chips and and stuff like that still to this very day just absolutely amazes me there's truly a lot of stuff that if you think about it like that you become like wow how in the hell did we do that you know Especially with some of the people I know, I'm going, really? Their gene pool is so shallow that I don't think they could have ever come up with it. Thank God we've got other people that have got a deep gene pool. <laughs> you know, that they can think of these things. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the humble telephone, just going over copper wire, you know, and just having that. I mean, someone, number one, had to come up with, hey, this product will be able to transfer a conversation thousands of miles away but then how do you figure that out i mean and, and this is this is where truly great scientists and engineers and so forth just absolutely amaze me is that they can figure this stuff out they can take you know what would be nothing and, and make it and create it something and i've just got to give credit to everyone working in those fields because they are coming up with some cool stuff for us to play with well you know it's funny we were while we were away too we went to an antique mall as they call it and they had this uh one place where they had old rotary style telephones the kind you actually dialed mm -hmm. and my kids my kids look at go what the heck is that <laughs> how does that work i said yeah well i showed them i said this is how you dial the phone and they said oh dial we get it now you <laughs> actually dial and, and 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 as the one comedian uh i can't remember who it was said yeah, and you never want to call the person with too many damn zeros in their phone number. It's like, 
<laughs> Wait, we're going like, oh, screw you. I'm going to call somebody <laughs> with once and they're fucked up. Hey, Kevin, you know what's funny about that? Our emergency number here in Australia, it's not 911 like you guys have. It's triple zero. So you can imagine someone's there, you know, back in the old days, you know, needing help and having to go all the way around. And the problem with those old dial phones is if you went too fast trying to do it really quickly, your finger would sort of lose three quarters of the way through and it wouldn't go through properly. So, you know, it, it was it was fun days. I, I remember those as a kid growing up having the... The, the sort of rotary um, one, and then you had the big heavy handset, you'd slam it down, and, and you'd hear the ring on the phone, you'd hear that little dingle when you slammed it down. Oh, and, and for everyone out there, Kevin's showing me an old push-button phone that looks like, you know, that, that's like the, um, the, t- the style phone that you see in old movies and so forth. Um, yeah, it very is. Very similar. Actually, I rescued it from a dumpster. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about to be thrown away. I rescued it and another one. Now, that one's more electronic. That's like the last version of that. There's no real guts in the thing. It's got boards and stuff. Mm -hmm. But upstairs, we took out a phone. And in our living room or our lounge, as you would say, I actually have an old mechanical push-button phone that has a mechanical bell in it. It's not an electronic, but it's got the clapper inside that hits the two metal bells. It's still a touch tone. Yeah, so if you slam the, the sort of handset down heavily, you can hear it. It reset oh, yeah. your ring, yeah. Yeah, that, yep. that, that were cool old phones. Oh, yeah, we I like old telephones. <laughs> we reminisce on this show a little bit too much at times, but I love it. I love everything. Yes. Even the old stuff, it's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I love my iPhone, but let's, let's be quite honest. It's a little bit flash, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's not really a yeah. phone anymore. It doesn't allow you to... You, you can't get an operator on the phone anymore. What what happened to good old-fashioned service, you know, where, where you could get the operator, have a chat to the operator, then the operator would listen into your conversation and then be able to gossip all around town. <laughs> <laughs> and tell, tell them what... Well, you know, it was... Uh, the old joke was uh, we were looking at some old tins, of pro, old product tins in the antique place, mm-hmm. and they had uh, a can of Prince Albert tobacco, and the old joke was you call up a place, do you have Prince Albert in a can? Yes, I do. Well, let him out before he suffocates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, well, on that, that note, tells Mage. It does. On that note, Kevin, I think we better call it a show and uh, let the listeners hand for another week. Hopefully, people enjoyed the topics this week, and I think we'll get a little bit more topical like we did tonight. Um, you know what? We were going to do the the one word and then start from the one word like we mentioned on last week's show. But you know what? I couldn't think of a word, so <laughs> one day when I, I think of an interesting word, we'll, we'll go for it. I thought of a couple words, but I didn't think they were... I was afraid where we might end up with them, so I thought, well, no, those aren't good words. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, to give us any feedback, please feel free to um, send us an email at gsa at com and go across to iTunes, give us some feedback, tell us what you think, even if it's bad, we don't care, as long as you yeah. know someone's listening. And frankly, yeah. you know, if you're still listening to us after us doing 10 episodes or something like that, we've been doing this for a while now, Kevin. So yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're still listening, you know, you're stuck with us now. We're stuck <laughs> with you. You might as well give us some feedback. Why not? doesn't hurt anyone. Um, and Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you this week? Plus, did you write something on your blog this week? That was your homework. You didn't, did you? I- 
I wrote something. I didn't post it, but I wrote it. <laughs> Does uh, that count? Well, technically. I mean, look, I write stuff all the time, but it doesn't get posted. <laughs> so that doesn't <laughs> count either. You know what? I, I'll tell you what. I'll give you another week to post it. How about that? All right, I'll give it a shot. I will I will do my best to clean it up and make it readable and take it out of a form that only makes sense to somebody like me and maybe a few other schizophrenics out there. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, but if you do want to know where I am and what I'm doing, you can always find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you want to know more about the other things I might be involved in, when I might update my blog, the link over to that blog you can always go to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, and that's with two L's. Fantastic. And for everything relating to me, just go across to everydaymaxsupport.com and um, you'll see everything there and every link to everything I do. And uh, until next week, take care. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. So, uh, you know, Frank, we, we really should record another uh, ad for the Mac Specialist podcast. Okay, Kevin, let's do it. Right, but, you know, I'm thinking about um, doing something a little different uh, for when we record ads for the Mac Specialist podcast. What if we didn't say the Mac Specialist podcast in the ads for the Mac Specialist podcast? Like, we never said Mac Specialist podcast once. No, like, you don't say Mac Specialist podcast at all. You don't say Mac Specialist? And you don't say podcast, and you definitely don't say them together. So it would just be an ad for the Mac Specialist Podcast without ever saying the Mac Specialist Podcast. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. We should definitely uh, record something for the Mac Specialist Podcast along those lines. Okay, I'm going to hit record now.